Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show here at Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show comes to you from sunny Southern California. Daniel Jeremiah will join us momentarily. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend shows, Hustler Turf has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a deal near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Um... So here's my question, and it I'm still like walking myself through what Antonio Daniels was saying. He's like, look, you're not going to like what I had to say, but I think there's a mental health aspect of it. People make fun of Zion Williamson every chance they get for his weight, and so, you know, that's why he's feeling how he's feeling. It's been really hard on him. I respect that. I can understand that. It's not. It couldn't possibly be easy. When everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, people are talking about, you know, if you lose weight, they're like, man, you look thin. Meaning, was I was I just a gigantic fat person before? You know, or if you post a picture like, well, you got to lose weight. On the other hand, there is the, there is this. Like, it's a it's a very simple decision. Like, we're not even talking about his three point shooting or how he rotates defensively or you know his buy into a team. Just for himself, just for himself, the decision is pretty clear. His body may still keep breaking down, but the idea that he broke his foot because of how hard he was going, like, or you put that much weight, that much pressure, and you're going hard, and your your body says enough. We'll get back to this in a, in a second. Let's uh, welcome in Daniel Jeremiah, NFL analyst for the NFL Network, co-host of the Move the Sticks podcast a uh, bunch of topics to get to what last week you joined us and you were the first one i've had on to say hey everybody i talked to in the nfl says aaron Rodgers is coming back there'll be a new contract um what what is your what, is, what do you make of all the use of social media and the mcafee interview yesterday i don't know that i make anything of it i mean um it definitely uh could be taken in a lot of different ways. I think that's probably just the way Aaron likes it, but he's been overly complimentary uh, more so than we've seen in the last few years of, of his situation there in Green Bay. I saw Green Bay started restructuring some contracts today, which would seem to indicate they're trying to create the room they need to get Devontae Adams done. If they can't get him done, then to tag him. So uh, I don't everything to me, I, I kind of go with what I heard until I, I see something a little more concrete. I, I assume he'll be back in Green Bay personally. No question about no question. That's what I saw when I saw that the eleven million dollars being freed up. I know there's there's definitely more to come, and other guys can can restructure as well. Kevin Colbert is the um, retiring general manager for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Should be pointed out, Kevin Colbert uh, is the one who drafted Mason Rudolph, so he has some sweat in the game. He has some equity, excuse me, some some skin in the game, if you will, uh, for Mason Rudolph to succeed. He said, look at Mason Rudolph's record. And, you know, as of now, that would be the plan. What do you think Pittsburgh's real plan is? Well, I, I would just 
caution that. I get it. That's who he who he drafted. But um, let's go back and look inside that division with uh, Ozzie Newsom, and it was known it was going to be his final draft before handing the reins off to Eric DaCosta. And what did he do? He went out and drafted Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. That was his last move as general manager, really, to say, okay, I've. I'm leaving this organization, but I feel like I'm leaving in good hands. I've, I've, you know, done my best to solve the quarterback dilemma. Um, I could see the exact same thing happen in Pittsburgh, and that's why, you know, down at the Senior Bowl, it was, you know, it was out there, and whether or not they, you know, they wanted it out there, but it's smoke screen, who knows? But I just know that everybody you talked to at the Senior Bowl was down there said the Pittsburgh Steelers were enamored with Malik Willis from Liberty, um, and he gives them, you know, kind of the opposite of what they had, which. I'm hearing all these things, and I'm like, well, this was going from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. This could be from Ben Roethlisberger to Malik Willis. Like, yeah, I mean, in the last year of a general manager, he's had a great run. I mean, you can kind of see a lot of similarities as that lines up. Do you, is How far away is Willis from being able to play right away in the NFL? Well, I think, it, you know, I, I think even by his own admission, he would tell you that he's not ready to play right now. So that would be, you know, a case where, you know, maybe it is Mason Rudolph to uh, to get you through half of a year. Maybe it's even an entire year, but knowing that you have, you know, your eventual guy there on campus at that point in time. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, let, let's kind of go around the NFL and on some other stuff. Obviously, Mike McDaniel has said all the right things because probably to get the job when your previous coach didn't like Tua, didn't think Tua was good enough, you better – you better convince everybody to is good enough and going to be good enough. But do you believe Mike McDaniels can get, can get to to the place where he's good enough for them to win big with? Um, I, I don't think anybody knows that answer. You know, I, I think that's, we, we got to find out. I do know one thing that I, I, there are things that Tua does really well. We can talk about the limitations and, you know, some of the arm strength stuff, push the ball vertically. Maybe it's not, not who he is. Um, but what he can do is he can be very efficient. He's outstanding in the RPO game. He's very accurate. He can throw slants all day long. That's what he did at Alabama. Um, so to me, I think you got a creative head coach who's going to try and build the system around what he does really well. Um, it's not going to be as you know as unlimited as you would have with the with the Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes. But I, I think there's a way you can you can construct an offense to feature him and and uh, and make him a solid quarterback. I really do. Hmm. What does Carolina do? Oh man, I have no idea that I. You know, it definitely sounds like they uh, they are in the mix to try and find another option at quarterback. And everybody says the owner is is ultra aggressive and willing to do whatever it takes. You know, I think a lot of people have looked at the Deshaun Watson thing, but they have no second round pick this year. That that was the Sam Darnold trade. Um, so it's not like they're loaded with with draft pick ammunition. I, I would say that would be kind of one of those wait and see. Uh, teams on on Watson, if, if that were to clear up from a legal standpoint. Um, outside of that, the you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that it's just going bringing back Sam status quo and, and off you go. I, I got to believe they're going to bring in another quarterback some way. What happens with Jameis Winston? Uh, you know what? That's a it's another one that's interesting. If I'm Jameis Winston, I think I would want to be. Um, right in New Orleans, you know, I think that's probably your best shot. Um, so um, he, he's coming off of an injury. That's I don't know that he's going to be guaranteed having a uh, you know have, having a starting position. I think he's going to have to survey the landscape. I think Denver. When you talk to these agents that represent all these quarterbacks, these veterans that are going to be free agents or potentially on the move, um, the next one who doesn't say they want to go to Denver will be the first. 
Yeah, they they all want to go to Denver because of all those guys there, right? The only yeah, question absolutely. is, does doesn't Denver have to send some something back in return? I mean, yeah, James, well, I mean, that, yeah, it depends on you. Know, obviously, you're talking free agents or trades, but um, I got to a little discussion with with an agent on uh, on Twitter a couple weeks ago because I was saying, you know, if it, if uh, you know if they needed to trade a veteran or two to bring in a quarterback, and whether that was, you know, who knows? I just threw out some names, like if if it was Chubb and you know Cortland Sutton, for instance, like just throw two names. No, sorry, it was Chubb. I said Chubb and Jerry Judy. Um, Chubb coming off a really down year, and he was great the year before. Jerry Judy really hasn't kind of lived up to it. But I said if you traded those those veterans along with some picks and you could get, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, you know, those players going with a package of picks, I'd do it in a heartbeat. He's like, oh, that will diminish the talent that's there. And I'm like, yeah, you get one of those quarterbacks, you know, the, 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 the Tim Patricks of the world um, and, and Cortland Suttons and the Noah Fants, you got enough. You'll be fine. Uh, okay, so uh, Dan Jeremiah is our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What about Garoppolo? What's his value around the league? It's a you know I've I've talked to one person maybe if I've talked to ten people about him, I've only talked to one person who thinks that they would get a second round pick for him. Everybody else I've talked to, I'd say nine out of ten people say you know he they'll get a third round pick or or, or less for him. Um, so that will be it. Only takes one, right? You only one. Uh, one team to uh, to make that move, but I I did not get an overwhelming sense of, uh, of value from talking to folks around the league. Okay, but let's say you you spend a third round pick on him, he can play quarterback. Like, it, it, do you believe he starts for somebody next year? Yeah, I just don't know where. All, I mean, I, I don't think there's enough quarterbacks to go around. I'm not in love with this draft class from from the quarterback standpoint, um, and there's a lot of teams that are looking. So, no, I think yeah, I think there's a, a very real opportunity for him to go start somewhere. Mm. What's the head coaching hiring that everyone's talking about? Um, you know, one of the fascinating situations um, and talking to people around the league is, is the Giants. They're in a weird spot, Doug, because they're over the salary cap. Joe Shane, their their general manager, has come out and said they need to, you know, they're probably going to be cutting some guys. And People have speculated, you know, would they try and, uh, you know, trade Saquon Barkley or how are they going to get under this number? Who's going to be cut loose? And then you bring in Brian Dayball to try and get a fair evaluation of Daniel Jones. I mean, it's not not a secret that they went to Buffalo to get their GM and their head coach because of the success they had with Josh Allen. Now that you look at Daniel Jones and and you know people say, oh, it's not even close with him and Josh Allen. Well, Daniel Jones is six five. Daniel Jones is a really good athlete. He's got a good arm. He's had crap around him um, throughout his career. Um, so I, I think they're going to really see if they can get a fair evaluation, and that's where Brian Dayball's coming in it's just a challenge you got these two top 10 picks which sounds great um but it's not a loaded draft and and top 10 picks even in this new structure that's a lot of money um so they're gonna have to clear out some guys while trying to get a a good evaluation on the quarterback it's it's gonna be tricky yeah that's gonna be a, a very very tricky very very tricky one you know the washington commanders are an interesting one um Matter of fact, they just came out and, you know, you got you got your head coach saying, like, look, this is a place that any franchise quarterback would want to be. But they're in a weird place, right? I mean, they've tried guy after guy after guy. Who do you think is the quarterback for Washington next year? Well, I mean, Garoppolo is kind of one that you kind of look at. I just, I mean, this sounds, I don't, don't want to insult anybody with it, but, like, is Garoppolo that much better than Taylor Heineke? Okay, maybe a, maybe a little bit better. But, I mean, they've been swimming in that sea of this type of quarterback for so long. 
I mean, they are desperate to try and get somebody that's above the line. Um, I don't know that there's any there's any option out there that, that gets me fired up because I don't think if Russell Wilson were to get traded, I don't think he wants to go there. I can't see them doing the Deshaun Watson thing. So they're just they're and they're just kind of in no man's land personally. So I have no idea how they're going to, you know, have a significant upgrade with the options that are going to be out there. So yeah, maybe you just rearrange the deck chairs in the Titanic and you bring in Garoppolo. I think it's six and one half dozen of the other. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. DJ Daniel Jeremiah is our guest. So, okay, so you mentioned that the draft is not what drafts have been in the past. Why? I mean, is it just a cycle? Why, why do you think this draft class is not is not deep enough? Well, I think it's. I think there's a lot of depth in it. You know, like to me, you look at edge rushers and, and things like that, and, and receivers. I can I can go deep. You know, I think if you're picking. Um, you know, you got a bunch of second, third round picks. You're gonna, you're gonna love this draft. But if we go with the top of this draft and let's compare it to last year, I, I can give you ten players in last year's draft that I could argue would be the number one pick in this year's draft. So it's just, you know, just what it is. We don't have that top heavy group that we've had in, in most normal years. So uh, that happens. It cycles through. You know, next year we'll have. That defensive end from Alabama looks like stinking Lawrence Taylor. When you when you see him, you'll have quarterbacks. You'll have all kinds of stuff next year. So this year, it's uh, it's kind of a meat and potatoes. You know, outside the top ten um, and through the third or fourth round, there's good depth, but um, yeah, it's not not as much star power. I'm I'm going to ask you something. We, we were talking uh, with Antonio Daniels about Zion Williamson, and his point was like, look, Ben Simmons. He's talking about being a bad mental space, you know, people making fun of the shooting. He believes Zion Williamson, same thing. All, people talking about his weight so much, it really affects him. Um, you know, like, I, I, I'm not trying to sit here and say, like, I'm old school, I'm not empathetic, but specifically to some something like your weight, when you do have the resources and people want to help you, what what level, how do you measure up the personal accountability of a guy trying to lose weight and need to stay in shape with the fact that uh, I'm sure he feels like at his age, everybody's out to get him. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think it's different than, than when I started scouting in the early 2000s. It would have been just simply, hey, he's, you know, this guy's undisciplined. Um, you know, we're going to give you the regimen you need to do, and, and that's it. You either do it or you don't do it. You do it, you, 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 you love football, you don't do it, then other things are more important. Like that was very black and white. Now I think it's different. I think the social media, quite honestly, Doug, with the feedback that, that these guys are constantly on there and reading that, I think it does. Uh, I'm sure it does do a lot of, uh, of mental harm there. So uh, it's 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 difficult. I know there's NFL teams that deal with this stuff, um, and I would say that you know, not I'm not a I'm not a trained professional on this front, but I think my first my first first piece of advice to a player. If I was in an organization and be like, look, man, let's let's take a pause on all the social media and just get off there. You don't need to look at that. You don't need to see what other people are saying about you. Um, here's a here's a program we got for you, and let's let's get to work and get you get you in shape. But in the meantime, you don't need to read all that stuff. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network analyst, for, uh, and of course, co-host of Move the Sticks podcast. He and Bucky Brooks. It's a great one. DJ, you're the best. Thanks for joining us, my man. Thanks, buddy. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Byer, where are you on the uh, Zion Williamson discussion? I, I think that was a really good one with Ant- Antonio Daniels. We'll put that one up on 
uh, on the page as well. Um, he talked about, like, look, here's he's a 21-year-old kid, and everybody's coming at him, and he can he can really understand the mental health aspect of it. Um, it's not that I'm not empathetic towards it, but there is a he's had plenty of people tell him that this is potentially going to be an issue. Uh, yeah, I think that there's. I think that there's a lot there. There's a lot there with the mental health thing, um, and and I don't know if this is what Antonio Daniels was specifically getting at, but it is a, a kid who had everybody probably say yes to him since he was about 14 years old, and now he gets to the NBA, and you start to get that pushback. I don't know if it's mental health, Doug. It's not my area of expertise, or if it's just him responding to a situation where maybe he doesn't get what he wants. And this is his way of responding to that. Um, I, I, you know, I think the scenario with New Orleans as well, because I, I look at it, it from that aspect as well. Of, you know, now here's a city that has had the. It's one thing to get the first overall pick in an NBA draft. It's completely different to get it in the one year where there's, you know, that unicorn or maybe a once a, in a decade player, right. or they've gotten it twice. With, with, I mean, with Anthony Davis in 2012 and then Zion, you know, a few years back, I don't know Zion hasn't worked out, but at the time of those drafts, if you had to pick over a decade and when you wanted the first overall pick, you very likely would have or could have picked those two years. So, I, I you know, I find it very interesting. I do think that, that the, the criticism that Zion's faced in the NBA is warranted, and I just don't know if he's reacting to the way, you know, that – uh, that he should be considering how everything has gone on in his life. I mm-hmm. hope that makes sense. No, it, it makes uh, it it makes it makes complete and and total sense. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, this this is Jawan Howard. Excuse me. This is uh, Phil Martelli talking about Jawan Howard and whether or not he's discussed. The, what took place in Wisconsin and the suspension with his team. That was a, a family text. Juwan is very remorseful. And uh, today is a little better than yesterday. Hmm. It's, oh, it, right? Jeez. Oh, Poor Michigan. Poor Juwan. This is, uh, again, th- uh, and I, I want to make sure this is really, really, really clear. Okay. I walk into Jawan Howard at Michigan and the background that I have from everybody I talk to is Jawan's the greatest. Oh, you know, uh, Brian Dutcher used to work with my brother. He coached, was an assistant coach at Michigan when Jawan was there. We, I had him on the pod. Could not be more effuse in his praise of the person and coach of Jawan Howard. That, that's Everyone I know who knows Juwan, previous to when he was the head coach or previous to this year, had nothing but good things to say about him. Coaches in that league thought, you know, he's a little bit of a bully with his size and, you know, how well-known he is. And he's he, he uses that sometimes to intimidate officials. Okay. Everybody uses what they can use. And, and that's it. This, the lack of apology... After the moment, in the moment, was bizarre. Like, I I just don't know how. We all know things can spiral kind of quickly and can get out of control. 
I think one of the things that's fascinating if you watch that real-time video is how everything was calm, and then all of a sudden that thing broke out of, out of nowhere, and then assistant coaches got involved, and now it becomes this like kerfuffle. Whereas if it was just those two guys and not everybody else was around, yeah. it might have been it might have been a nothing, right? But it does that. The stuff can happen quickly. So he takes some sort of swing. You don't have to be a punch. You can't swing at a guy, let alone another coach. I mean, thankfully, he wasn't a player. But you go to your locker room before you go to the press conference. At no point in time was it like, that was bad. That was that was not good. Right? That was not good. Whether it's your fault or not your fault in your own mind. Again, in your own mind. that That's not good. Didn't say anything about it. Now, there was a... Uh, very nicely written and eloquent apology that took that came out yes uh, yesterday right was it yesterday no it was that Monday afternoon Mon- I think Monday afternoon yeah. it was yesterday it was yesterday, yesterday. Uh-huh. It was yesterday was the apology the suspension was Monday and then was, no it was I, I, Monday yeah it was Monday and I think the apology was Monday as well but to not talk to your team about it and instead do it in a group text now Jay Stu you're like well that's all how, how guys communicate anyway, right? I think in this generation, uh, we're talking about kids that have been born after the year 2000. I think a group text is as personal as a personal meeting. <laughs> I think they would actually rather prefer a group text. No, listen, I understand that there's a lot of things about a group text where, you know, you don't have to take questions. You don't have no back and forth. Hey, here's it is what it is. I understand. But to not gather guys around... And just go, hey, here's the deal, okay, guys. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. I hurt you guys by it. I apologize to you. Like, but hey, let's make it us against the world. Like, they don't think we can, we can win without me and without some of our guys against Rutgers. Like, I believe in you. Like, you can use this as a galvanizing moment to not meet with them in person again. It just it, it, these are not the right things. These are not these are not the right things. You are not their friend. You are not their buddy. You are their head coach. And one of the things that you know, Juwan has to know, has to know, is like, look, a friend or a buddy or an assistant coach can get away with the group text. I, I need to use this to be a leader, to separate myself, to galvanize us. And he's not doing it. And I think the only possible logical reason why he wouldn't is, why would I? Why would I do that? That's admitting I was wrong when I don't think I was wrong. Uh, I'll I'll give you even a little more background to like how it's so individual on Jawan Howard. Monday, Doug, when I was in with you, we had Jim Polzin on, who's a columnist for the Wisconsin State Journal, and Jim has covered the Wisconsin basketball team for uh, two decades, and. I asked him what was his vantage point, and he said that during the timeout that was called uh, by Greg Gard that got Juwan so mad that the reason that Jim said that he watched the handshake when he normally wouldn't was because during that timeout, Jawan Howard was sitting there stewing by himself. It wasn't like gathering the team around for the timeout and figuring out what they're going to do for the 15 minutes. It was the other assistants and the other coaches and you know staff there where Howard was just kind of off on the side stewing about that timeout. And then you see the Greg Gard handshake to eight staffers before he ends up 
you know, actually getting to Howard. It's just, I, you know, like you talk about gathering the team together afterwards. He didn't even gather them in the timeout because he was so mad about it. Like he can't, you know, handle his, you know, control his temper in the moment or outside of the moment. I mean, these are common themes here. Yeah, and, and the whole like, oh, he touched me. Like you're going to shake hands. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's going to be physical contact. And and if you watch when he touched him on the elbow, then Howard immediately grabs guard by the pullover, where guard yes. then doesn't make any contact with him after that point. Yes, yes. I, I just yeah. I, I look. I have an open mind with with most things, okay. And I know that the Wisconsin guys. You ask anybody, like the Wisconsin guys, they they can come across a little arrogant, a little much. I've 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 mentioned they got the little St. Louis Cardinal syndrome to them, okay. But if you really think you really, oh, he touched me. Like what is the? He shook your hand and grabbed your elbow to make a point to make sure and explain why he took the timeout. You're the one who took it to the next level, and and people of people apologizing for him, like it's look. Obviously, every mistake has a different ramification, but it's pretty obvious that he took everything. He took almost everything there to wrong, right? Whatever he thought of Greg Gard's timeout, he took the wrong way. He didn't. I again, I I don't know if you needed to actually bring the team in. You just call the timeout to reset the ten second count. Fine, whatever. But you had to bring the team in. But, like, look, you're pressing, you're pressuring. They got their walk-ons in. Like, what, what are we doing here? You know? All of these things he took to mean the, the, the most negative possible thing, which I think is a societal problem. I, I think that's a big societal problem, which is we take everything to be whatever the, the, the most negative possible answer, that's what the answer is. That's our assumption. We start there. Whereas I kind of felt like you deal with everybody on the up and up. And if God forbid somebody does something super negative, then you call them on it. But I, I just, uh, there's, there's no point in that video where I felt like he could have felt like he was in danger or he was attacked or he was made to be defensive or it, it was like, it was what it was. He tried to shake his hand and grab his elbow to, to, to make special attention to explanation. And Juwan Howard was the one that freaked out and grabbed him by the shirt. But just just see it like you grab the wrong guy by the shirt. It you know, Juwan Howard, he's being a bully. That's what you do when you're six ten, you're bigger than people. You can you can almost threaten people because there's nothing that they can do. You're bigger, you're stronger, you're younger, you know, it's not gonna end well for them. Yes, yes, John Ramos. I heard someone say I can't remember who it was, so I don't want to put a name to it, but I did hear someone say, you know, Michigan has invested a lot of money in Joan Howard as a reason why you know, you can't fire the guy. Like they've they put a lot of money into the guy, so you can't you can't as a fire player the... and coach. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> and like is that is that really a reason not to fire somebody because you've invested money into that that team or that coach, and they can kind of do what they want to do then? Because hey, you know what? We put a lot of money into that guy and, and the team, so we can't fire somebody like that. We put, I mean, it's a waste, bad investment. Is that really a reason why you wouldn't fire a coach? I mean, you've. Well, you could fire him for a cause, so you wouldn't be a lot of money, you know, if you, okay. if you wanted if you wanted to. But I just thought that was funny when you say, "Well, they put a lot of investment into him, so we can't we can't fire the guy." I, I said that about about Juwan Howard. No, you didn't say that. I said somebody said. I heard someone say that that they have invested money 
in him, so you, you know, firing's not a, an option. No, I listen. I don't think you. I don't think you, when I said when I've I've said I don't think you fire him for a lot of reasons. None of them have been because he made the elite eight last year. Um, I do think his reputation, previous to getting the job, it it is it obviously helps him. Um, but more than anything, like one bad moment and a bad reaction to it does uh, does not mean you fire a guy. It means you have to teach people. The problem is that he's unwilling to admit any sort of fault in this uh, to his team personally. You know, and so not only can they not learn from it, but he would apparently refuse this because because I, I believe in Juwan's mind, like w- what? You didn't give him anything. He got no suspension. He got $10,000 fine and the school's going to pick that one up. Like, what, what are we doing here? I was the one who was grabbed. He still doesn't think he did anything wrong. Are they making any progress at all? Yes, but uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN actually just tweeted uh, within the last uh, half hour that there still are some pretty big gaps in a couple of monetary uh, spots. So that's going to be the uh, the challenge. If they lose games over this, this is, I mean... I understand that we want the Major League Baseball season to shorten, like it, you know. But who really can tell if it's 144 or 162? I don't think that you can really feel that, Doug. But I mean, this has gone on since December. They obviously showed no urgency until February to get anything done. If you blow this, yeah, that'd be disappointing. So, yeah, I mean, um, they they got to get this thing done. They got to have all their games, you know. Have to. It's just the image of it, I think, of just of being again. Like I don't think you would care. And I'm looking across the glass at two huge baseball fans in John Ramos and Jason Stewart. I don't think any of us four can be like, oh man, it seemed different uh, with 144 as to 162. However, to miss the magic of of that opening day in late March, early April, to have all of that stuff, to have a rush spring training, I think is just uh, it's too bad. Yeah, it, it it is too bad. They got to get this thing. You can't. What's what's interesting to me is, like the USFL has to desperately want this deal not to be made, right? Like we're trying to launch a league. We want all the attention. I, I granted, I understand it's a different sport, but that to me jumps out as really interesting. If they can get it done in time, what does that do to the? What does that do, do to the USFL if the USFL is going to make it or doesn't make it? I, I'll, I'll bet you the ratings will be awesome week one, worst week two, and then TBD the rest of the way. So that's here's, what it always is in the spring football leagues. Right. here. Well, here's the problem with it, right? It's like, yeah, we watch it, but what, what is the – people think that football is impervious to any sort of, you know, a, any sort any other sport on television. But, but why? Okay. Well, because we can bet on it, right? And we bet on things based upon our knowledge of the players, our knowledge of the team, our knowledge of the history. Okay? You don't know who the players are. There is no history of the team. And, I mean, you have no idea what you're betting on. There's no fantasy football to it nor, or anything that you can really uh, understand on what – it's just – it's really, really hard. And – it's not NFL caliber. You pick the sport. If it's not, if it's professional and it's not the top level, you tell me some somewhere where that's watched. 
the G League is the best example. There's better talent in the G League than there is in college basketball. But no one watches, though it's on, people don't watch the G League on TV. Why? Because you don't have the association with the brands of the schools. That's it. And as professionals, it's seen as second rate. They're great players. Great college players. Good professional players. Way better than than most humans could ever conceive. But people don't watch it because they only want to watch the best pro athletes. And then they watch the colleges and the pros because of the association with the brands of the, that, that they play for. Dan Beyer has an incredible assortment of stories to discuss. It's called The Press. It's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be present in, uh, must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to the press. The press. The press is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawn mowers to run their businesses. And for us weekend Joes, Hustler Turf also has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Uh, Dan Byer, what do you got? A couple of things, Doug. We start out in Brooklyn. Not that Kyrie Irving could be back soon, which could be the case if the mandates change in New York City. But GM Sean Mark said yesterday it'd be tough to see Ben Simmons to play in the next three or four days. Wouldn't rule it out, but says, yeah, probably not likely going to happen. Same thing with Kevin Durant, who's trying to come back from his knee injury. And Simmons seen today working with Kyle Korver on his shot in practice in Brooklyn. Okay, just do what Kyle Korver does. There you go. It's <laughs> simple enough. Everything he does, you do that. Oh, man. Uh, from Brooklyn to Manhattan we go, where the Knicks and Kemba Walker have agreed that Walker will not play for the team the rest of this season. And they're in Brooklyn. Likely looking ahead to next season, where Walker would likely be somewhere else. It's so, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. The, the, how this thing has ended is so weird. Like, look, Kemba is not nearly what he used to be because of the knee and because of his age. But to go from, like, starting and the savior to, hey, he's going to be a healthy scratch the rest of the year is a weird, weird. weird Yeah. He had 44 in a game earlier this season, and you don't see that happening often. (laughs) I do find it interesting. You did the topic earlier about the Cavs and if they would want LeBron or not. Look at where Charlotte is. We thought it was maybe the death nail for that organization to not bring back Kemba Walker, but they chose to not overpay him and give him the deal that he wanted. Now Charlotte's better off than Kemba Walker is. Pretty crazy. 
The Oakland A's have exchanged term sheets on at least four locations for a new ballpark near the Strip in Las Vegas, according to the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Doesn't mean that the A's are moving to Las Vegas, as the city of Oakland did recently approve an environmental impact report, but there could be leverage there for the A's to go to Sin City. Or stay Um, home. I think they're out of there. I think at some point you're just like, how many years are we going to do the Oakland A's need a new stadium? How many many years? At some point they're like, you know what? We're good here. And the the one in Vegas is supposed to be right on the strip. That would be really cool. Finally, Doug, a note from golf. Two-time major winner Zach Johnson going to be named the 2023 Ryder Cup captain for the U.S. squad. That's according to the Associated Press. Johnson officially to be introduced uh, likely on Monday. Yeah, won his two majors at Augusta, obviously, at the Masters, and then won the Open Championship in 2015 at St. Andrews. So if you're going to win a major or two, those are two pretty good places to do it. Uh, Yeah, I think those are two incredible places to do it. That's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Do you think Tiger plays uh, in a in a golf tournament this year? No, Me I either. do not. Do you, did you think Nance was out of line for his questioning? No, I actually think he did a good job. And I Tiger, thought, I think, responded well. I I thought the whole thing was great. Yep, I thought the whole thing was great. I I don't. We we're like searching for some perfect interview and perfect question and answer. It's Jim Nance, and he did a great job. It's Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio.